Hola, como esta, fuckers? It's the Mofo Show. Thought today might be a fantastical, magical time to talk about what the hell am I trying to do here? So, some of you know my story, some of you don't know my story. Um, long story short, I hit somewhere near rock bottom. Uh, I think I was just a little bit north of rock bottom, but it certainly wasn't a good place. And uh, I checked myself into the hospital. And I got a little five-day vacation at uh, Oakview Behavioral Health Center, where I walked away with a diagnosis of severe PTSD. Now, as a warrior, I refuse to accept that. Like, no, I don't have PTSD. I'm cool. You have PTSD. I'm not crying. You're crying. Yeah, I mean, that kind of shit. But... It turns out I did, and uh, I went to a 30-day behavioral health PTSD clinic in Utah, uh, Strong Hope, it's called, Strong Hope, great facility, and it was all military dudes uh, sitting around talking about our adventures in the journeys of having post-traumatic stress disorder. I met some amazing guys that I'm still in contact with, and it's great because they always seem to know exactly when they need to text me or at 2 in the morning when they're drunk. Either way, I'll, I'll take it. But, you know, it's it's a joy to, to have this extended family that, uh, that I was so raw with, you know. Like, man, I told these guys shit I don't even think I ever told myself. And it was, it was a crazy process, you know, like 30 days of very intense intense group therapy kind of stuff uh, they work a cpt program cognitive psychological treatment i believe uh i screwed up because they're cpt cbt uh dbt i mean you can get all the bts and pts and cts and up your t's and whatever but um they did a lot with what is called emdr and i'm not even gonna try to tell you what that stands for it's um Basically, it's trying to trigger your left and right brain at the same same time. So they can do it with lights, they can do it with paddles, they can do it with tapping. It's 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 pretty crazy, but it, it kind of helps. I think the the coolest way this was explained to me, and if a psychologist is listening to this, they're totally just gonna roll their eyes and like, dude, come on. But I, I bounce this off a few therapists, and they agree with me, so I'm gonna shoot it at you. Basically, your brain indexes things. Uh, that's sleep. So when we have our REM sleep, when we're in our deep sleep, the brain is like a computer and it's just indexing all the memories throughout the day. Um, when it gets to a memory that it doesn't know how to process, your brain is just like, dude, what the fuck? It literally kind of tosses it into this random file. And the more times you have these events thrown into this file, the more fucked up you are. So basically... What EMDR does is it tries to fire the left brain and the right brain and help you access those fucked up memories. And then once you're willing to deal with it or the brain's willing to slow down and look at it, then you can start working on it. Now, again, that's like super layman bullshit term, but I mean, that, that's kind of the process, right? We, uh, I think, I think everyone is, is, you know, had a, a stressful moment. I mean, I, everybody in the world has experienced something that is, you know, probably in that file. It's just how big does that file get? How out of control does that file get? And when does it crash? The system is the difference. 
I uh, I had a lot of stuff in that file that I didn't even know I had, and some of my my peers really got attacked by their own brain because they just blocked out, locked out, you know. As well did I. Um, it's it's pretty crazy when you when you unlock these memories and are forced to face them. It's it's something else. It's something else. We did some crazy stuff there, man. We had psychodrama. Oh God. We had a therapist, we called him Killer Cam. And Killer Cam is probably the softest, most gentle human being you'll ever meet. But he ran psychodrama and he would smack you. You did not leave that room without shedding tears if it was your day in the hot seat. Like it was just insane. Um, all kinds of things. We used to, you know, like he, one day we'd write letters to people, things that we needed to get off our chest. That was crazy because it sounds so simple. But saying those words out loud really gives it power just it's your chance to say it you know and sometimes you have to say stuff to people you'll never see again or say stuff to people that are gone but there was a lot of i was surprised how much power there was in that and then he did this exercise with us where we had to draw a picture with our non-dominant hand with crayon and then we had to answer questions about the picture with our non-dominant hand and crayon and that was supposed to help us access our like childhood shit and it did, and I hate him for it, but man, it was probably really useful because it helps me face some of my negative core beliefs. Uh, negative core beliefs are amazing, and we all have them. We just don't know we have them. Um, you know, mine is, I'm a failure. Like, I'm positive. I'm a failure. Like, everything I do is rooted in failure. And where did that come from? I don't know. It came from somewhere. Um, you know, and it doesn't... It's interesting because, like, does it even matter where it came from? Like, do I have to place blame on it? I don't think I do. But unfortunately, everything I do is based on this thing that I'm going to fail. And I, I didn't know any of this until they got this going on me. And I had to, you know, now I have to challenge that core belief. Well, how do you challenge a core belief? Well, the CPT program had these exercises we had to do where we had to write down uh, basically refuting evidence. It was like you're in a courtroom. So for every thing that, that led to that negative core belief, I had things that would prove I was wrong because I know in, in my mind now that I'm not a failure. But unfortunately, I just know that fact. I can't prove to my brain that I'm not a failure. So I'm still rooted in failure. So it's, it's interesting. You know, I have to exercise every day things like, like, taking the win take the victory i have another counselor that's this big thing take the victory we actually had a person in our group therapy thing make stickers take the victory and you know one of the things that uh therapists have was i had to write down a list of things that i was ashamed of and i had to write down a list of things that i'm proud of well my list of things that i was ashamed of was like 12 pages long like took me three minutes to write that just list it list it list it list it yay Things I was proud of, I think I had four items on there, and then she's like, well, no, you know, what about this, what about that, and I had to add them on, well, I put an asterisk next to everything, because I didn't really believe it was me, um, you know, I, I should be very proud that I have my, my CIB, my combat infantry badge, right? Well, I earned it in a pretty sketchy manner, and that's always bugged me. I was actually sitting in the MWR tent on Facebook when a recoilless rocket or something, not, sorry, recoil, recoilless rifle shot into the compound. 
It exploded near me, close enough to me that I was in the danger zone, but there was no shrapnel, you know, anything that wasn't that big a deal. I got blown off a chair. Well, I got a CID for that, you know, and of course, other guys are out there, like, doing crazy shit, getting theirs. I mean, it, it shouldn't matter, because at the end of the day, you know, like a month later, I was out doing cool guy shit that is worthy of the CID, but it always bothered me. Like, I felt like I was an imposter, and I suffer from imposter syndrome. I'll get into that in another episode, but... All these things that, that I should be so proud of, I'm not. Uh, you know, like aerosol school. You know, they, they call it the hardest 11 days in the Army, you know, and all my airborne guys are like, oh, shut the fuck up. And I'll tell you right now, shut the fuck up, because we all have our things we're proud of, right? No, I wasn't a dope on a rope. I just was a dope in a helicopter. So, but anyways, aerosol school. I finished the 12-mile ruck march with a broken foot. I broke my foot, but I didn't quit. So like, wow, I should be proud of that. No, I was pretty embarrassed because I barely made it. We had three hours to complete it, and I came in at like 2.55. That was embarrassing for me. I had a broken foot. Ah, you know, so all these things that I should be proud of, I trigger in my mind like, well, but did you really? You know, and it's a horrible way to live. It's a horrible way to live. And then, of course, what does that provide? Depression and anxiety and all these terrible things. So... It's so hard to keep keep these things down. But anyways, functional skills that are in there. And now I've learned to take the victory. You know, when things go right, I can actually step back. You know, I like, oh, my God, woodworking. I love doing woodworking stuff. And I'm just trimming out uh, a bar here in the basement. You know, just a simple little bar. And, you know, of course, Yogi comes out. She's like, wow, it looks really good. I'm like, ah, it's kind of crooked. And, you know, that seemed in line. I said, why can't I just be like, hey, that looks pretty good. It's pretty good. Is it going to win any awards? Fuck no, does it look good from across the room? Hell yeah, you know, but it's those things, and it's so silly, but it's these little take the victories. When I do something good, I need to tell myself, hey, good job, because I need to hear good job, and it's a bummer, because I'll hear good job from other people, hey, good job, and I'm like, oh, you're saying that because you have to say that, that's always my assumption, but you know, I have tons of experience in my life that has taught me that yes people say things they're supposed to say you know like hey way to go here's your participation trophy thanks for playing you're awesome yay i was a soccer coach for years i can't tell you how many kids that i wanted to beat them in the back of the head with a broom and scream you suck that i had to be like oh i love the way you're trying this is awesome yay so I just wonder what a normal person would have been thinking. Well, normal. Who's normal, really? But, you know, somebody other than me coaching those kids probably would have had these very useful, nice, polite things to say. But me, I'm just, like, making shit up because it's the right thing to do. And I didn't want to damage anyone's self-esteem. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. One of the, the skills that comes out of this, though, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crack into this just a little tiny bit, is mindfulness, right? Just all this talk about mindfulness. And mindfulness used to drive me nuts because it, it's tied into meditation. And, oh, my God, I just meditation is like my fury point. I lose my ever-loving shit whenever people are meditating. I have tinnitus. Everyone listening to this podcast probably has tinnitus because you're all combat vets listening to me. But, you know, I've got that deed. So you want me to sit here and be silent and listen to deed, and I'm going to concentrate. All right, well, I have something to think about this deed, very important deed, and I should have an effect for this, right? So I find silence painful, and I will do anything to not 
be in a silent atmosphere. I always have music going. My favorite escape in life is to have my AirPods in and get a little ween going, maybe a little uh, Misfits, whatever. But, you know, I don't I don't want to listen to the D, and I can block the D out when I got Lemmy just getting crazy on the guitar. Where was I going with that mindfulness? God damn, Scott, keep on track. The mofo's losing his shit. So I went to this group therapist, um, Chris, I'm just going to throw him under the bus because he can't sue me. I don't know his last name anyway. And he had a way of teaching mindfulness that actually finally made sense to me. His version of mindfulness was, what is going on around me? I have to understand what is going on around me. The second step is, what is it doing to me inside of me? In the third step, what do I have to do to be okay with this? It's so simple. Like, what's going on? What's it doing to me? What do I got to do to move forward, right? But for me, suffering from, like, my instant rage, you know, like, I have this flash temper that it's legendary. Like, I will Hulk smash the shit out of a building because I dropped something. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. But so this mindfulness was something that I could pick on. You know, like, I could figure out, like, oh, my God, I just did this. All right, cool. What am I feeling inside? All right, what do I have to do to be okay with this? Oh, my God. It's brilliant. And it's not like sitting down and, like, clenching the fingers and starting out with my, mm, oh, no. It's none of that shit. It's just, like, taking that second and, like, forcing yourself to be super present in the moment. Like, fuck, I just smashed my favorite glass. How does that make me feel? Well, I'm really angry. Duh. Okay, well, you're really angry. What are you going to do? Okay, so now I have my decision point. Well, I can smash every other glass. Well, I can break this bottle of $40 rum or whiskey or whatever. What the fuck good is that going to do? So that's my one thing that I just want to hand out to all my brothers is mindfulness. Like, just slow-mo your life. Slow-mo it. Because we all have that slow-mo when we think back to PTSD. How many times can we see things in slow motion? That's our brain. We control our brain. So just slow it down. A, it just happened. B, react or don't. C, what do we got to do to be cool? So I can just breathe, right? The shit works, man. The shit works. But in a nutshell, moving forward, I want to start picking on individual aspects of PTSD and things that that we can do or things that I've done that have worked stories that I can tell about things that, you know, I think the coolest thing about group therapy is that moment when you realize I'm not alone. It's not just me. Holy shit. Other people feel this way. Wait, what? I'm not totally insane. It's something cool. And that's what I want everybody listening to this to know, dude, we're not insane. Some of us don't have good hair. Some of us freak out and smash shit. Some of us still have our, our fucking blood pressure hit 100 when a car backfires. I mean, this shit happens. Some of us still looking for that war. We're looking for that war at home, and it's not here. But uh, maybe maybe listen to my shit. Maybe listen to other people's shit. Maybe you hear that message of, we're not alone, man. We are not alone. All right, hey, everybody, thank you for listening. And I will see you on the next episode.